Thank you for tuning in to Radicars.com. I'm your host, Patrick Greeno. Today we have joining us Ryan Daly for this podcast. We're going to be running through some current events in baseball. Uh, some card-related, some not. And it's just kind of a medley of things that have happened. So let's get right down into it. Thanks for joining me, Brian. I appreciate it, bud. Sure. Thanks for having me. The first thing on the list, uh, Albert Pujol's 3,000-hit milestone and other accolades. <laughs> <laughs> Big deal. Huge yeah, deal. truly. I don't, I don't think it got enough coverage in the mainstream media. Um, 3,000 hits, 600-plus home runs. I mean, that's that's pretty elite company. I think only like four other guys have done that, and a couple of them are tainted, as we all know. So. Yeah, but I mean, that's just that's just like some of his stats. I mean, the guy's decorated like a war veteran. I mean, it's pretty incredible. He's got three-time MVP. He was a rookie of the year. He's a two-time World Series, six-time Silver Slugger. He was NLCS MVP, three-time Major League Player of the Year. He has a batting title, two times gold gloves, and he's a 10-time All-Star. That coupled with, you ready for this? A career average of above 300, a career slugging percentage at 559 presently, he's still playing, that'll change. His hits are over 3,000, and his home runs are at currently at 620. I mean, this is like legendary status. You don't see these kinds of players often in baseball. We're very fortunate to have a guy like that um, in the current market. It's just incredible. I mean, he's really amazing. And yet, his stuff is like... Not moving on eBay for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I've we've talked about this before, but I've certainly been trying to set aside some money to pick up some Pujol stuff because when he's inevitably inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know that's that's going to be amazing things to have. He's got some really cool pieces from two thousand one. Oh yeah, um, I have a few of them that I pulled from packs in two thousand one, but I'd like to secure some some higher grade maybe some autograph stuff while it's still affordable mm-hmm. and um I, I agree i think it's interesting that his prices have just sort of stagnated over the past couple of years i mean i know why it's because he plays for a smaller market team now and he's he's obviously declined in performance so he's not on the radar um for a lot of collectors so I think he's sort of uh, undervalued right now. If you want to get some of this rookie stuff, I would hop on it as soon as possible. Well, it's like the sleeping giant thing, right? Like it's it's. I mean, he's he's probably got a couple more years. Um, he's he's up for renegotiation in 2022. So what does that look like? Is he going to be signed on? You know, back with the St. Louis Cardinals and and retire there. I mean, I, I'm curious to see where this is going to end up. Um, I always thought Pujols was going to be the guy to break Barry Bonds' home run record just because, you know, uh, he's had so many profitable years um, collecting home runs. Uh, you know, I, I don't yeah. know where that's going to go. If he can play, like, say, another five years, I don't think that's going to happen. But let's say if it does and he keeps up his routine, I think he might have maybe a close chance of getting to that number. I mean, I might be just be talking smoke right now. I don't really know. I just, you know, I, I, I see him as, if there's anybody that's going to do it, it's Albert Pujols, right? Yeah, I mean, the way he's been playing the past couple of years, um, he averages about 25 homers a year, and his contract is up in, what would you say, two years, three years? 
So, 2021. He, he signed in. He signed through 2021, and he's up for free agency at 2022. I see. So, I, I hate the term "on pace," but for sake of discussion, he's on pace to have another 50 or 75 home runs in his career, which I think would put him just shy of 700. So, I it would be cool to see him maybe reach. Hank Aaron's number, Barry Bonds' number, I think, would be kind of wishful thinking at this point. But um, if there's anybody that's going to do it, it's going to be him. Because I, I don't think there's anybody playing right now that's putting up those kind of numbers. Um, well, I mean, Stanton put up almost 60 home runs last year, was it? Last year, high 50s. But, you know, he he had a stretch in his early career where he was hurt and he wasn't he just wasn't producing because he was on the disabled list. And that's the amazing thing about these guys like Bonds and Pujols. They just, year after year after year, they just consistently put up these gigantic numbers. And that's why they have these amazing records and milestones. Right. So I guess the, you know, the point here is that his stuff is affordable right now. For some reason, people aren't buying because he's with a small market team at the Angels. But, you know, Interestingly enough, Otani is also with the Angels right now, and his stuff is massively popular. Uh, so it's kind of a weird thing that we have this guy, Albert Pujols, who has had documented talent over an 18-year, you know, into present, right now, his 18-year career. Um, and then we have Otani, who this is his first year, and they're both on the same team together. Pretty amazing stuff. I like Albert Pujols. I think he's great. And I, I cherry-pick rookie cards from time to time of his because they're affordable right now. There's so many different ones to chase. Uh, there's so the the, the variety, um, uh, the selection is, is very wide. I mean, you've got parallels upon parallels of stuff. It's it's a lot going on in 2001, which leads us into our next point. Here is Ichiro also bringing in uh, his rookie status in 2001 with Albert Pujols. You know, they even featured on a card together, and he's our second point, which is his quote unquote semi retirement. Right, so leaving the field, going into the front office. At least that's been my understanding. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a weird situation. Ichiro and his agent have been a little coy with details, but um, his agent said that 2019 is still um, open for Ichiro to potentially play. I'd be very surprised if anybody gives him a shot because he had a pretty atrocious opening month in 2018. Um but, you know, I think it's good sort of voodoo to keep him somewhere in the stadium. So might as well put him in the front office. And, um, you know, they've got Edgar Martinez in the dugout. They've got some other Mariners legends sort of hanging around. And Ichiro is certainly um, a Mariners legend. And if, uh, if he's not going to play in 2019, I would, you know, put him on the payroll somehow if he's mowing the grass or, you know, doing whatever, keep him in the building because, you know, that guy is just sort of next level and uh, good vibes to have around for sure. Yeah, hey, Ichiro, this is your manager. I mean, we know you have above a 300 average and uh, your hits are past 3,000, but we want you to go ahead and put you on hedge duty out front uh, yeah. to, to cut back the weeds. Uh, we're, we're it's a little shaggy out there. We're willing to pay you a solid 35,000 a year. Uh, so that that should get you yeah. through, no problem. I mean, <laughs> talk about a slap in the face, right? <laughs> but hey, listen, you know, if I'm gonna have someone cutting the weeds and Ichiro says yes to an opportunity, how rad would it be as I go outside and Ichiro is in my front yard? 
Like, yeah. <laughs> amazing. I mean, granted, I think Ichiro's better off doing something more executive level. I'm sort of being facetious in all this, right? But uh, it's kind of fun to think about. Yeah. Again, Ichiro, like yeah. Albert Pujols, is that his stuff is available and it's affordable right now. And so they're kind of a, both approaching There's a lot the of retirement th- piece of it. And so it's like Ichiro maybe before Pujols, but whatever the case, is their stuff still available? There's a lot to, now, to chase. There's a lot to collect. Wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's more Ichiro stuff to have from 2001 than there was Pujols. That I don't know without doing research. Yeah, well, Ichiro was such a huge deal leading into the 2001 season, and Pujols was a a sought-after prospect, but he he was drafted pretty late, and I don't think people really thought he was going to be a huge sensation, whereas Ichiro was just a massive sensation from before he even set foot on a major league field. His stuff is widely available in 2001. Yeah. I mean, the big card is the Ultimate Collection Autograph, I think, number to 250. That's the one that, that, that you know, if you want to get an Ichiro rookie card, that's the one to get. Really amazing stuff. And and still, you know, still reasonable. A lot of stuff going on with Ichiro in 2001. Uh, certainly affordable right now with, a, you know, a good chunk of it. Uh, if you have deeper pockets, there's there's also a lot of variety there for you. And again, you know... Uh, when he retires, there's going to be some maybe a spike. There's going to be a spike when he hits the Hall of Fame, and uh, he'll always be remembered as one of the uh, the greatest hitters of all time. Yeah, if you want to buy for Pujols or Ichiro, I would do it now um, because, like you said, especially when he hits the Hall of Fame, I mean his cards are just going to go nuts because by the time he hits the Hall of Fame. Oh, by the way, I'm getting my data on BaseballReference.com. Bottom line is, is that Uchiro stuff right now is, is affordable, and there's a lot to chase. There's a lot of variety. Good stuff. I'm glad we got to talk about Pujols and Ichiro, two very legendary players. Um, moving into the current market, uh, we have Otani uh, bringing in massive uh, returns on, on, on auction sales on eBay. A red refractor uh, just closed, just sold for $30,300. The Red Refractor Auto to 5. Really amazing stuff. I was watching it. The guy that initially listed it um, had the auction. The auction closed at 55000 above 55000 But he had a hard time closing the deal uh, with the buyers. Actually, several of the bidders. And so he was like, his hands up. He couldn't do anything. So he he, he had Probstein list it. And then it closed at, and actually officially sold for 30,300. Amazing, amazing uh price. That is insane. Insane, right? But get this. Can you remember a, another player um like a first year player where his cards were selling for this much? I mean, even Strasburg wasn't this insane, right? I, I can't compare Strasburg to this card because the Otani Super Refractor, Red Refractor, other refractors, they're all autographed. There's a paper platinum one of one that's been listed by Propstein at like thirty-four thousand, you know, right. OBO. So it's like the the Strasburg is a different conversation because the Strasburg doesn't have an autograph, and that drew so much attention, huge numbers on that stuff. Well, the Otani cards are especially interesting because all of the prospects we we know, Strasburg, Harper, Trout, you know, over the past ten years. They've all had cards made well before their actual debut, whereas Otani was like, you know, 2018 offseason, uh, he was a big story. 
there was there was like a couple cards, you know, one World Baseball Classic card, a couple some Japanese stuff that was floating around, but there was no official MLB sanctioned cards of him. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes it kind of extra special is he just sort of bursts onto the scene. We didn't have this big buildup of you know two years of him in the minor leagues <laughs> playing AAA, then he's finally you know on the big stage. Um, he just sort of was signed, was in spring training, and then boom, he's on the he's you know, hitting and pitching, he's doing all these incredible things, so, um, he's only got a few cards from Tops, um, which makes these sales, I think, extra, extra insane, you know, that's why they're selling for so much. Yeah, I mean, uh, all the attention's on the 2018 Bowman stuff, right, and that's just making his 2017 Bowman Mega Box card go up in value, even though it's not even autographed, you know, it's, okay, so the Red, let's talk about this for a minute, the Red Refractor closes at 30,000 plus, Okay, meanwhile, Blowout Cards has a bounty on the Superfractor at what used to be 60k, but is now 75,000. Okay, so if I pull the Superfractor between now and get in the hands of Blowout Cards by Friday, which is an impossibility, by the way, because I have to, of their parameters, I have to submit it to BGS. It has to come back a 9.5 or higher, and then I get to sell it to Blowout for 75k. So, strangely enough, I think that's a low ball offer, 75k, knowing that the red refractor closed at above 30,000. And if you multiply 30,000 by 5, you're at 150,000. Now, I'm not saying yeah, that the market like is half. completely perfect mathematically, but I will say that we have market craze happening in the Western culture here in the United States and the market craze in Japan and the greater Asia market. And those guys are even more um, like you know, passionate about card collecting than, than, than we are in a lot of ways. And so sure. I feel like if I had the card, if I pulled it and I wanted to sell it, I would just list it myself. And I, I feel like I, there's a good chance I could make more than what blowout could ever give me, you know? And that's, that's just, that's just my opinion. That's just how I feel about it. Knowing how well this, the red refractor did or how much attention it got. So that's something to talk about. Really cool stuff. I really like the craze, though. It's really good for the hobby. I like that people are buying yes. 2018 really Bowman. Cool. Like, like there's no tomorrow. Um, I like that people are chasing it. It's it's just fun. It's great for the hobby, and I love it. I think it's fantastic. Have you seen um, online card ret- retailers do this before? Without they'll essentially offer a bounty for a specific card. I, this is no. This is the first time I've seen this, but. Something like this, I'd be like, dude, show me more cash. Like, can you get it up to six figures? We might be able to have a conversation. Like, that's how I would feel at this point. Because, you know, in the, you know, before we, we started recording, we talked about the 2009 Bowman Chrome draft superfractor Mike Trout selling recently for $400,000. Yeah. $400,000 for the Mike Trout superfractor. And yes, he's got documented talent. You know, he's, 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 we know him to be reliable every year. He's consistent. You know, he's, he's a known superstar. Otani, he's becoming a known superstar. He's already a superstar in a lot of ways because he's a dual talent player, which is exceedingly rare. But I feel like if we got a guy with this much marquee value, wouldn't you think that at least there's some way it could potentially reach the six-figure market, Right. I just feel that way. I feel like 60, 75,000 is just, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a part of me feels like it's a slightly insulting. 
You know, I, I feel uh, like I might be able to get that quite a bit more, and I'd rather just if I wanted to sell it, if I owned it, I'd I'd, I'd just test my luck online myself and see where I could go with it. I might even consign it with a big auction house, you know, and see where it goes that way because they have the market, right? And so, yeah, I look at this as like, well, the red refractor is closing at thirty k. There's a pretty good chance the superfractor is going to do quite a bit better than that, and so. That's kind of the talking point that I have here. Yeah, I mean, and with every game he plays, he just continues to to succeed, whether he's pitching or, or batting. His card sales just increasingly get more and more insane because he's not failing at all. And it's really fun to watch the market. It's really fun to watch him play. Um, I can't remember a guy who I've just had to be glued to the TV to watch every single at-bat. I mean, he's he's amazing to watch. I hope that he stays healthy, remains healthy, and is able to continue producing at, at an elite level like he's, he's doing uh, because I think it's really great for the hobby and it's fun to watch. Yeah, and one last thing on Otani before we move on. Um, on Sunday, he pitched against the Mariners, and I was really upset to see that Ichiro had announced this sort of semi-retirement just a few days before that because I was certainly anticipating an Otani versus Ichiro hmm. matchup, and I'm sure a lot of other people were around the world. So I think the odds of that happening, again, are, are extremely low considering Ichiro's probably not going to come back and play. Um but, you know, once Otani came over, I'm sure everybody thought, when is he going to face Ichiro? And Sunday was going to be the only, or one of the only times this season. And so it was really unfortunate to see that Ichiro sort of took a step back a couple days before. Um, but it is, it's a nice sort of symbolic thing. Like one Japanese superstar sort of takes a back seat and the other one sort of starts driving. And it's, it's, it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch. I really appreciate that, though. Good stuff, man. Moving on. James Paxton, no-hitter. And then a sale of his uh, 2012 Bowman Chrome Draft Prospects Gold Refractor. Yeah, so James Paxton threw a no-hitter yesterday, uh, May 8th. And he was he's part of these Mariners pitchers that um, they sort of came up through the system like 2011, 2012. They had Taiwan Walker... Uh, James Paxton, Hisaki Iwakuma, um, and they were sort of expected to be like the ultimate pitching team, and it didn't quite pan out, and James Paxton has sort of finally become what people thought he was going to be. He had a great year last year, um, and this year he's, he started off great, and he's obviously just threw a no-hitter, so he's showing no signs of stopping. But if you look at sold listings on eBay, you can get his autograph stuff for like 50 bucks, 60 bucks. And uh, yesterday, May 8th, after the no-hitter, um, $250 for a 2012 uh, Bowman Chrome draft pick. <laughs> so there are not a whole lot of sales to digest on eBay, but it was it's a pretty insane spike, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty average for... A pitcher that you know pitches a perfect game or pitches a no hitter, we we sort of see that thing on eBay. Um, yeah, but I, I think that he's sort of found his stride. I think he's essentially the ace of the Mariners now since Felix Hernandez 
is is not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And so if if I were interested in Paxton or Mariners cards, I would maybe wait a couple weeks or a month for this no hitter craziness to die down, and then start mm-hmm. start buying because he's. I don't think he's going to let up. I think he's actually going to become that dominant pitcher that we've all hoped that he will be. Well, you know, I, I hope you're right, but I will, you know, this reminds me of the Philip Humber thing that happened in 2012, where he, he pitched no-hitter and his stuff went from commons boxes to selling for ludicrous prices. No, Humber, didn't Humber pitch a perfect game? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think it was a perfect game. It was crazy. <laughs> he didn't do anything after that. <laughs> and then he retires in 2013, and I'm like, you know, like... He's not an all-star. He's not going to be a Hall of Famer. He's kind of basically forgotten, which is too bad because I remember that 2012 season being a big one when he he had that great performance. Yeah, he had a perfect game in, on April 21st, 2012, and that's when his stuff went from commons box quality to you know superstar status quality. His stuff was selling. I bought one card of his, a one-of-one one, uh, rookie, just because I figured why not just get one of one good one. Uh, but now his stuff is, you know, it's people have kind of forgotten about Philip Humber, and and you know I hope that guys like uh, James Paxton uh, can can remain stable over time and have a long term career, um, you know, not let stuff like this get to their heads and just um, I don't know, like I said, you know, to your point, you know, wait several weeks and then look into his stuff because right now people are buying up his stuff because of the craze, the frenzy. That's pretty typical, pretty common, pretty predictable. So good stuff, man. I'm glad we could brought that up. Thanks for hanging in. If you're still tuning in, still listening, awesome. Uh, this last one's pretty cool. Bryce Harper gets a Little League baseball field named after him. Yeah, pretty cool. It's located in Northwest DC at the uh, Tacoma Community Center. And the cost was 300K and it was financed by Bryce Harper and the Nationals Dream Foundation. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a Little League field and Bryce Harper, I guess um, he gave a little speech at the at the, I mean, the opening ceremony of the field and he, he told the kids to play all the sports that they can. I actually like that because regardless of how we feel about core classes in college, if it weren't for core classes, we wouldn't know what to major in and we wouldn't pursue a degree as easily because we wouldn't have the forethought to take a you know a psychology class or an engineering class. A lot of us don't know what we want to do very early in life, especially not at the little league age, right? Yeah. And so I like that advice. You know, play as many sports as you can because I think it'll give the kids a great opportunity to kind of invest in themselves and figure out what they want to do, how they want to play sports, what sport they want to play, what position they want to play. Um, Make them more well-rounded in in sports you know, athletics, and I think that's a great thing, a great thing to, uh, great way to encourage kids. Yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, I, I like that Bryce is, is doing that, and I wish more American guys would be ambassadors of baseball in their local communities. I know that um, the Dominican guys and the Venezuelan guys, um, they all take their wealth and their influence back to their home country, and they build stadiums, and they form leagues. I would love to see more of that in America, because I know baseball is a very popular sport, but it's it's still kind of inaccessible for the more low-income people uh, in our country. And if people like Bryce Harper continue to help build stadiums and sort of spread the message of, of getting out there uh, and playing baseball, 
Uh, I think we'll see better talent in the game, and uh, you know, it's a good way for, for kids to spend their time. Mm-hmm. So I, I played Little League when I was younger, and I, I loved it. I, you know, I still learning the game and like the mechanics of it and things like that. But I, I met some, I met some friends playing, and I, I played a sport that I love, and you know, I, I, I it was a great way to invest in my life as a young kid. Um, and so that that's I think a very noble thing to do, and it creates accessibility to people that might not have had access easily to a baseball field at that age. So really awesome that Bryce Harper is a part of that. You know, it kind of gives gives us a reason to have even more respect for the guy who's already so talented. Yeah, I wish when I was a kid there was a you know Ken Griffey Stadium or uh, or Cal Ripken Stadium. There was <laughs> none of my favorite players when I was a kid. None of the stadiums were named after them. So it's it's cool for kids that because Bryce Harper is such a popular guy right now. It's it's cool for like a ten year old to get to play on Bryce Harper Field. I'm mm-hmm. sure that means a lot to them. Mm-hmm. Truly, I remember when Bryce Harper came on the scene. He had that he did the the black under eye stuff in a certain way that it kind of drew down his face. Oh and yeah, I, I remember seeing little kids mimic him. And I remember yep. thinking how cute that was because they were mimicking their, their idols, you know, and I thought that was really cool. So, great stuff, man. I'm glad we got to talk about this because it's a kind of a, a nice gesture. When I always see these kinds of uh, altruistic gestures uh, to promote the advancements of kids' education, I always get a kick out of it. I just think it's so cool. So, do you have any final thoughts? I think we covered everything. Very exciting couple weeks in baseball. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Ryan. I appreciate it, bud. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Thank you for tuning in to Radicards.com. I'm your host, Patrick Reno, and until next time, enjoy collecting. If you like this content, please subscribe. Thank you. Enjoy collecting.